Spades by Alta Hensley. Nick Hudson has a dangerous reputation. That's what I need if I'm going to survive. Desperation makes me seek out a ruthlessly powerful billionaire. I need protection, and he demands my virtuous payment. I'm falling into a world of luxury and sin. With every twist and turn, I need more. Except this is not a man to love. This is a man to fear. His obsession grows. So does the threat until I'm trapped in a world of depravity. I'll need more than Nick's strength to survive. I'm going to need his heart. That's King of Spades by Alta Hensley. A slav now. Go grab it, lady listeners. Welcome back, lady listeners. Hey, lady listeners. Welcome to another week at Read Me Romance. We are so excited. We have actually, I was about to say the other author. We have JC Wolf with us with a ring in your neck. I was about to say her real name. No. <laughs> I was like, oh my God. <laughs> I had her email pulled up. Sorry, JC. Yes, yeah, so we have JC Wolf with us. We are super excited. She is freaking adorable. She is. And I love if, her books. If you're not following her on TikTok, you really should because her videos are so funny. She just does like, they're quick. They're like five seconds long or something. She just does these little things where she like, I don't know. It's hard to describe. She just does like voiceovers with stuff, but it's just, it's really funny. She's a good time. You can tell that she likes what she does and she pokes fun at stuff. So I like that too. Anybody that has like a, a sense of humor about romance, I can appreciate. Where I'm they like, can laugh at themselves. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So, but I'm excited because everybody's going to get a taste of her. I love her stuff. I read this one right when Leah sent me the manuscript. I didn't wait. I was like, oh, I'm going to read this one. <laughs> yeah. Yep. I think you replied to right when I said you're like reading this tonight. <laughs> For those of you watching on the YouTube video, Mel's in a new office. You're I not am. in your closet. <laughs> I'm not in my closet. We'll see how it goes. Yeah. Fingers crossed. Everything goes okay. <laughs> I just said? moved around. My office downstairs is just too close to the traffic by everybody. Yeah. And it's wood floors, but I everybody moved around. Now my daughter's older. We let her have the whole basement. What? Yeah. So my daughter has the whole basement now, oh like her own God. room, her own living room area, and her bathroom. So I took my son's room, which actually has wonderful windows in it and stuff, but it's small. Yeah. Okay. And she took, and he took her old room, which actually was two rooms at one time, and the wall was busted out to make one huge room. Oh, wow. Okay, nice. So he's got a giant room in there. So actually, every, once everybody got settled and moved in their positions, I was like, this actually makes more sense where everybody's settled in at now. I love it. So what are you doing with his old room? I'm in at Peyton's old room. Oh, My old okay. office is Rob's office because his office was all the way down. Oh, that's the, that's the room you're in right now. Is Peyton's old room. Yeah. Oh, I thought you were in your office downstairs. <laughs> Oh, okay, okay. I'm in his, which has like carpeted floors and it's not by the front door and stuff like that. Oh my God, it makes perfect sense. It does. And like I said, the room is prettier and it's bigger than my office. It's got these pretty vaulted ceilings too. It's the only room in the house like this. Because I think it sets at the front. So you want it to be pretty aesthetically Mm -hmm. outside. So it's a really (laughs) pretty room, but it's also a small room. I don't know how my son was fitting in here, but I only let him stay in here kind of because... He doesn't do anything in his room. He like takes over the living room. So he yeah. never slept in it. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Well, especially now, like if you're, if you knew maybe that, you know, Isabel was going to go to the basement at some point, you know, kind of just wait it out and then swap around. Yeah. I like that though. So we have lots to discuss this week. I want to start off with Bridgerton season two. Have you, I know, have you ever watched the first season? Did you ever no, watch I've it? No, I've never all? watched okay. it. Okay. So I have some friends that I was talking to about it this weekend and that um, they had, uh, they had not seen it either. And I was like, totally respect. No, no problem. So I watched season two. I binged it while I had food poisoning. <laughs> so I had that the other day. So I just put it on in the background and between that. I actually kind of figured that's what you were doing when you were yeah. bed and sick. I was like, turn on the TV. And when I said that, I was like, turn something on the TV for you to listen to, lay down. So I was yep. like, just watching Bridgerton like everybody yep. else. I definitely, I, it was the first thing that popped up. I was like, fucking play. Like, I didn't even know my own name. I was like, just like, hit the play button. I'll spoil, I won't spoil this at all. So, cause I don't want to ruin it for anybody that hasn't watched it. But I have not read any of the books, so I don't know, like, what the expectation is. I heard um, there was some stuff before. I didn't really read anything about the reviews or anything, but I heard that people didn't like it as much as the first season. So I watched it, and I do wish that someone had told me this before I watched it. There is almost no steam in this. There is almost no sex. So Why I don't would feel they like do the- that? I don't know. I don't feel like that's a spoiler. I feel like that should be a PSA. That is a public service announcement. That's interesting because I wonder if it's because they're like, oh, we want to make a broader audience. But at the same time, it's like, do you guys remember how well 360 did? Why would you fuck up the formula that did so well the first time? I hate when people do this. They try to make themselves mainstream. Yep. I know. And that's what aggravated me because I was just like, I mean, it doesn't have to be about the sex, but dear God, you went from like 10 out of 10 to like one out of 10, you know, like on the scale of just the steam on this, like there was, there was one small sex scene at like, I think it was the next to last episode, the last episode. And then there was like kind of like at the very, very end, there was uh, like a naked and naked in bed kind of situation, but there wasn't like a sex scene. Hmm. But and again, I don't feel like that's a spoiler at all. I feel like that is a warning for people who are going into this season with that anticipation. I wish that I would have known that going into it, that it was because I kept waiting for it. And there is a lot of angst in this one. There's a lot of will they, won't they? And by a lot, I mean the whole fucking season. Like the whole, like, it's just too much. It's like in books, like enemies to lovers, you know, when they're not my favorite. Yeah, they're enemies for so long that there's only a small bit of lovers that it's like, does it even feel worth it, you know? Yeah, I get what you're saying. That's why I love people like, Aurora Rose, because mm-hmm. they fall in love, and then you live in the love, mm-hmm. and then the, the conflict comes from the outside. Mm-hmm. Jen Frederick does that well, too, where she can make the conflict come from a, around them instead mm-hmm. of them fighting each other. Yeah. Well, and I I really, I realized that in the first season that, you know, the the Duke and, and you know, the, the heroine, they had this thing where they had to get married because they were caught in a compromising position. And then once they got married, you know, they had all those sex and all this great stuff. And then she finds out all these things that he's been keeping from her. So there's a little bit more of a chance to have that, like, loving moments and then the angst and then have the loving stuff. But mm-hmm. in the meantime, there was tons of sex that was happening, where in this one, it was just angst the entire time 
with Some bitches not love pay. that. I know, I know. And that's what, you know, I'm trying to like, I'm looking at it from a perspective again. I didn't read the book, so I don't have anything to compare it to except season one. And yeah. it did not hold a candle to it in, in the storyline. I will say that I thought the second one, the acting was better. I thought cinematography was better. The the shots were beautiful. The outfits were stunning. Mm-hmm. Like the heroine in this, Kate, she was flawless. Like she was gorgeous. I was like, I want 10 more seasons with her. Damn. So like that part was fantastic. I just wish there would have been more of a love payoff, I guess. Yeah. So so that's my thoughts on Bridgerton too. Wanted to throw that out there. <laughs> so um, I, I did say earlier, and I wanted to mention it too. I saw one of my friends this weekend who lives in Orlando and she came and hung out with us and she was telling me she listened to the podcast and I actually didn't realize that she listened. So did you get awkward when people tell you that? Yeah. Me yeah. Too. I was like, oh my God, <laughs> you, you listen to this shit? <laughs> so shout out Sarah, if you're listening. <laughs> But she told me, she was like, she said, by the way, I have downloaded everything that Ember Davis has ever written. And I've been binging her nonstop since she was on the podcast. I love that. And I know it made me feel so good because I love Ember and she's so sweet. So and, sweet. And she writes great books. So it was awesome that like she had a new reader, you know, and it was somebody I didn't even know listened to the podcast. That was a friend of mine that was telling me she was reading her stuff. So that just made me feel really good. And I emailed Amber and I told her and she was like, you just made my whole day. <laughs> I was like, oh, I love you too. <laughs> so um, what else do I have on this list? You were saying something earlier that I was like, oh, I need to mention, I need to remember to ask you about that. But now I don't remember what it was because I don't fucking write it down. Was right, it go ahead. that I tried the sex toy you said? Yes, that was it. Okay, that was it. So tell I me. tried it. I was very, it was very quick so for those of you who don't know we have a summer book box that we're doing again this summer and we're we've decided to call it hot girl summer and inside of it is going to be a vibrator so i ordered them and i sent one email to try it's one of the new ones that does the clit suction yes which i've never done before and i've that was my first one Mm -hmm. i've been off vibrators for a while Mm -hmm. so i got it it was very quick. I didn't realize. I don't know. It was very quick. <laughs> the first time it happened, like, it shocked me how yes. fast it happened. I was I like, was like oh. whoa. <laughs> yes, that's exactly what it was like. I was like. That was literally my reaction to, whoa. Because <laughs> it's just, like, everywhere. I don't know. I've just never mm-hmm. had that sensation before. And I was like, oh, mm-hmm. shit. All right. Yeah, I think I like sat up in bed because I was like so shocked by it. Yeah, like, it's pretty radical. It's different. It's not bad though. Like I know it's it not doesn't, bad. I it's think not next a bad time feeling. I would do a lower setting for sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think what you were saying last time about like just start on a lower setting. Yeah, <laughs> that's that's probably smart. <laughs> but yeah, I was shocked. I've heard people talk about it and I'm like, it's really not that intense, right? Because I've heard people say, oh my God, it's addictive. And I was like, all right, we'll see. I was like, oh, okay. Yeah, that was really, really fast. Yeah. I could see how it could be addicting just because of how quick it is. But I wonder if like something like that with the with the suction stim- stimulation or whatever, are, what's the ability to do multiple orgasms with that? You know, like, I don't know. 
if it's so intense i don't know if it's so intense that you can't keep going you know no yeah yeah i think it's too intense to keep going because it's like oh jerk it back kind of thing yeah yeah maybe so like but i always have to jerk it back i need a second between well, I think that's, yeah, I think that's probably, like, a, I think that would be normal. But this I, one, I don't know, it was intense. I don't know. I, I heard something the other day about there was, there's a shot that you can ask the doctor for. Mm-hmm. It's, like, yep. the O shot that you can get on your clit. Yep. But they say it's good for, like, incontin- incontinence, incontinent, I don't know how to say it. If you pee when you sneeze, <laughs> if you're, like, if you're older, uh-huh. if you had kids or there's any, like, pressure on your bladder, you can get this shot on your clit and it will help with that. I think it may even be covered by insurance if it, they say it's medically necessary. But the the like benefit to that is also it will give you better orgasms. Yeah, I've seen people get it on the Real Housewives before multiple times. Uh-uh, this is a housewife trick? I didn't know that. I just read it as like a medical trick because I was like, no. why do I pee on myself when I throw up? <laughs> both times huh. nope it's just like my body it's like i lose all control when i throw up it's like i guess that you know what though it's been i think it's been five years since i've thrown up because i like i had to think about when the last time i did it was and i knew the last time i did it was right when i had my gallbladder surgery Damn, and i was I like i always throw up i'll throw no. up anytime Mm-mm. no ma'am that i will fight it till the death no, and this when one, I had that nausea, this one had a feeling, grip on me. <laughs> I just like that feeling after, like when you're feeling so nauseous and after you throw up, there's a window of relief. Mm-hmm. It's like, okay, I'm okay for a second. And it also no. exhausts me. It exhausts me and sometimes I'll fall asleep. So I like it when I'm sick because yeah. I'll get it out and there's this window of the nausea goes away for a minute and I'm exhausted. So there's a chance I'll actually fall asleep. Maybe, but I always see it as like, there's this fear that it won't stop. That's how I feel when I get sick. I feel like it won't ever stop. And I'm like, I can't catch my breath. I can't breathe. I don't like this. Like, I'm terrified of that. So I'm just like, we're not ever going to do it. (laughs) (laughs) When you have food poisoning, I think you're supposed to, though. From what they say, yes. So um, let's talk about what we were reading because I actually listened to something this past weekend. Um, I listened to it on the plane. I went to Universal this past weekend with my daughter. It was her 11th birthday. So we had a big Harry Potter weekend, uh, at Universal and it was amazing. So, but while I was on the plane on the way down, I listened to Under One Roof by Allie Hazelwood. I talked about it last week. Um, it, but I finished it. I had just started it. It's really short. I think they're only like, how many hours is this one? Uh, they're like three hours. And so I had listened to a little bit of it and I was like, oh my gosh, this is so cute. And so I finished it and it was awesome. This uh-huh. like, it's like a great build up to a story where, um, and I know I talked about it last week, but just uh, this sort of recap, she gets left a house by um, her former mentor that passes away. And the mentor, uh, the the house is half owned by her nephew. And the mentor kind of did this on purpose, left it to her because I think she knew that they would be a great couple together. Mm-hmm. And so anyway, so they lit, it's called Under One Roof. So they're both living in this house. Or and enemy, somebody. Yeah. And they're kind of enemies to lovers, but it's like cute. 
Uh-huh. And it's like this really cute buildup and she's adorable and he's really hot. The sex is wild because it's just like this one big scene at the end. But at one point he says like when um, he's like going to have sex or whatever. And she was like, you know, um, maybe we should discuss like you being clean. Oh, my God. Like we're fucking like we should have talked about this. And he says, he's like, I don't like sex. And she's like, um, I think your dick says otherwise. <laughs> And he was like, no, I've never liked sex before. I didn't until now. I, so, like, I had never read a hero like that before, a hero that didn't like sex. That was just like, I did it. It wasn't for me. That's and so, yeah, and it was, like, super hot, mm-hmm. you know, the two of them together because it was, like, all of a sudden, like, she ignited all these things in him. And he was like, I think he I like sex. She lit the flame. Yeah, yeah. So it ended up being really great. So I love that one. And I started the next one in the series. You know, I think some women who've come out of some relationships come can be that way. And oh, that's just a yeah. woman thing. I can but see that. man. Yeah, I guess you're right. It's only a woman I ever hear it from. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's just like, you know what? It's not for me. Because you automatically think, well, a man gets off, he's going to like it, you know? Yeah. But this was not the case. And it was really interesting. And I loved their dynamic together because of that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It was really hot. And so the second one is called, um, I think it's Stuck With You. Yeah, Stuck With You. So these are just her three novellas that are the shorts. And so they're like three hours or some around that. All of them are. So I'm reading, I'm listening to the second one. I love it so far. So do you read anything good this weekend? Yeah, I read a bunch of crap actually. (laughs) I know you told me you had read this book. Yeah, yeah, you were gone. So I wasn't really doing anything. Yeah. So I've read like, I read Alpha's Fire, which I read it because it was on the podcast. Like it was a promo. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And it's, uh. Rini Rose's, and it was a dragon yeah. one in her Shifter series, which was... It's, it's Renee Rose and Lee Savino. Yeah, uh-huh. yeah. Okay. Uh-huh. And I read it because it was like, he's been searching for his mate, and like, the in the mm-hmm. description, it was like, who's like, if he can't have her, he'll burn down the world. I'm like, I'm down! <laughs> You're like, one click. Yeah, that was an ad we did last week for Renee Rose and Lee Savino. It's Alpha's mate, is that right? It was, that it? one is Alpha's Fire. Alpha's Fire. Okay, There's five okay. books in the series. You don't have to read them all. You mm-hmm. can jump one in or you can start from the beginning. I enjoyed it. It was intense. The hero was really, really intense. Like kidnapped her, brought him back to the castle. And then he's having like this, you don't understand why he's like not giving all of himself to her, even though he's like psycho obsessed. But he's like fighting his dragon inside of him. Like he thinks the dragon's gonna lose control. Oh, it's a thing. dragon shifter. Yeah, you have my attention. So she, he's scared if he goes, if he gets too worked up or whatever, his dragon's gonna like burn down the world. I love passion. a good dragon shifter because oh. she's human. Okay, so he's scared to hurt her. Mm-hmm. And then what I else? I like it. I read. Oh, if you're also looking for another good dragon shifter, um, Rurik by Lauren Smith. It's one of yes. my absolute favorites. Yes. It's, yeah, go get that one. I really like that one. He's intense. He's crazy. He, and he doesn't even realize it. He's no. Like, oh, she's moving in here and they're all like looking at him like he's nuts. And he's like, what? And he's like, wait, what did I just say? <laughs> he like gets the scent of her and he just starts hunting her down. It's like... Oh, and so then good. I read um, Stalk Her by Hope Ford. Oh, yeah. Okay. Stalk yep. Her Hard. <laughs> it's the series called, actually. 
That's beautiful. It was really cute because it is like obsessed hero from the start. And she knows he's stalking her. And it's like this little sexual game they're playing. Like she Mm -hmm. tries to make him jealous and do things. And because when they're at the office, he's like, cool. And you would never know there's something going on. Mm-hmm. So they play a little game. And then, of course, I, like I read um, Secret Baby on Board by Abby Knox. <laughs> oh, my God. I have loved her series that she's done with the um, – because she did it off of uh, Deck. Below Deck. Oh, that was it. Yeah, the Below Deck show or whatever. She said she was watching it, and she said all I kept thinking about was, I need to write a romance series about – I could write a romance series about this. But the Secret Baby on Board, because she was telling me um, at one point we were talking about she was like, oh, I'm going to do one that's a secret baby. And I was like, if you don't have it, say secret baby on board, I'm leaving. And I'll never <laughs> talk to you again. And she was like, that's actually the perfect title. <laughs> so that was a fun quickie. So, But the dragon one is longer, but the other ones are shorter ones that you could read. Oh, I love that. So that was my reading. That sounds like an excellent weekend of reading. <laughs> All right, let's talk about J.C. Wolf and what we've got with her this week. I'll read her book. I'll read her author bio because it might be my most favorite one ever written. Oh, I actually don't think I know this one or that before. J.C. Wolf, head in the clouds but hands on the keyboard, bringing you steamy books. Author of Insta Love Romance. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> that works. That is all I need to know. That is everything I need to know. Insta love romance, steamy books. And she is. She delivers. Yes. She's not joking around, especially on this one, because, you know, we keep it around a word length. And this one goes mm-hmm. in. You guys are going to get double virgins, lovers from a young age. It's really adorable. Mm-hmm. I'm excited for you guys to get this one this week. And you said, I did, which I didn't know. Did you say there's another one in this series coming out? Yes. She has a second book in this series that's coming in May, and it's called Home Sweet Home Plate. So it's the final inning series is what this is called. So it's like a baseball series. But so if you like this, you'll love all her stuff. And there's more to come in this series too. And she also said to let you know on the ebook that in this, uh, this one, Ring Your Neck, in the ebook, there's a bonus epilogue in it as well. Oh, and, nice. Um, so that means there's an extra one. You guys are going to get one in this too. And she said she was writing another one for the ebook too. Awesome. And then she said, um, also the her newest release is coming April 27th. So that's going to be in a couple of weeks. Um, I think in two weeks. Oh my gosh. I don't know. I haven't even looked at the calendar. It'll be a couple, yeah. It'll be yeah. It'll be in two weeks. Yeah. It's on a Wednesday. So that's the, it's the fourth book in the motorcycle club romance series. Um, the name of it is Mark the Be- Mark of the Beast. And it's a safe motorcycle club um, or safe MC books. Um, the first book in the series is a novella. If you just want to read it and try it out. And she said the rest of the books are full length, but they're all safe. So nice. I love that because it's also hard to find an MC book that's safe. And, and I'm like, I'm so scared to read most of them because they're usually dark or they're not safe. So. Yeah. Same. Um, I'll read the book bio for Ring Your Neck and then we can go get into it. All right. This says Pierce, baseball and Millie, the only two things I've cared about since I was five years old. I may have lost her, but if I have to lose the other to get her back, then so be it. Being forced to leave her the first time nearly killed me. Once I find her again, I'm bringing her to me forever. I'm binding her to me forever. Millie, watching my best friend, the other half of my soul, and the only boy I would ever love drive off, leaving me alone in a town where no one, and I mean no one, understands me. Yeah, that rocked me to my core. 
I thought I had finally gotten over it, over him. Then he waltzes back into town, revealing old secrets and opening even older wounds. Once the, an once the answers to the questions I have been fighting against for so long are revealed, I only hope that they are, they are enough to fix my shattered heart and bind us together again forever this time. I love it. And I love that they're double virgins too. So it's like, <laughs> I like, cause I was like, I read the book behind. I was like, oh my God, I bet he's been hoarding well, he up. He didn't. Yeah. He didn't walk away. Like what you'll see early on. Like he left, he like was forced. Cause they were like in school still in mm -hmm. high school. Yeah. So he didn't have a choice. I love it. Stupid parents. Rude love story. <laughs> I know. I know. All right, well, let's send him into the first installment of Ring Your Neck by J.C. Wolf. All right, we'll see you guys on the other side. This is Ring Your Neck by J.C. Wolf, read for you by Allison Voller. Prologue Millie, six years old. Amelia, baby, I swear it will be okay. You get on the bus and get off at school. Then, at the end of the day, the teacher will lead you back to the same bus and they will drop you off in the same spot. I will be right here waiting for you. My mommy tells me, pushing me towards the huge yellow school bus waiting at the end of our driveway. But I don't know anyone on the bus. What if no one lets me sit with them? I'll have to stand the whole time. Then the driver will hit the brakes, and I'll go flying right out the front windshield. Blood and gore will get all over my new dress. I tell my mom, digging my heels in, really not wanting to get on that bus. My mother sighs heavily. She calls me dramatic all the time, whatever that means. Get on the bus, Millie. You're such a people person. You're going to make so many new friends. My mom tells me, but I'm not falling for that. I know I'm loud, and girls tend to stay far away from me. My mom says it's something about drawing too much attention to myself with my antics. You're lying. Remember you told me about my antics? I don't know how to get rid of those yet. I tell her, turning to run back to the house. Millie, if you get on that bus right now, I will buy you the skateboard you've been begging for. My mom says desperately. I stop my struggles immediately, looking up at her. With the neon teal wheels? I ask. Yes, she says, turning back and looking worriedly at the bus. That light up? I ask again. Yes, with the teal wheels that light up, but only if you get on that bus right now, my mom says. Okay. Thanks, Mommy, I say, skipping to the bus just as the driver is about to close the doors. I make it on and take a deep breath before making my way down the seats lined up on either side. I go to sit beside one of the girls I've seen at the park down the road from my house, but she puts her book bag in the way. This seat's taken, she tells me, so I keep going further to the back of the bus. Every time I try to sit, someone puts their bag or jacket in the way until I feel the tears well up in my eyes and know I'm going to cry. 
Maybe they will call my mommy, and she will have to drive me to school just like she did last year. I wipe the first tear from my eye when I hear a voice behind me. This seat's not taken. You can sit with me. A boy I've never seen before says, picking up his baseball glove from the seat beside him. I smile and take the open seat. Thank you, I whisper. Sure, what's your name? He asks, looking straight into my eyes. Millie, what's yours? I ask him. He seems nice, but is he just acting that way to pick on me later when his friends get on the bus? My name's Pierce. I rode the bus last year, but I don't remember you. Did you just move in? He asks, and I like that he noticed I wasn't on the bus last year. We've lived here my whole life, but my mommy got a new job and couldn't take me to school anymore, so I have to ride the bus this year. I tell him, shrugging. Cool. That means we can sit together every day. Maybe we will have the same class together, too, he says excitedly. The bus makes another stop, but I can't help but keep my eyes on Pierce. He's so nice to me when everyone else seems to only be annoyed with me. Do you like baseball? Is that why you have the glove? I ask, looking at the glove in his lap. When I mention baseball, his whole face lights up. Yeah, I love baseball. This is my lucky glove. I have to carry it with me now, though, because my dog got a hold of it last time I left it at home and almost tore all the laces off. My mom got it fixed, though. Do you like baseball? He asks. I want to lie and tell him I do just so he won't stop being my friend, but I can't. No, it's kind of boring to me. Sorry, I say, dropping my head. Don't be sorry. That's okay. We will find something else we have in common. And maybe if I teach you about baseball, it won't be so boring. He tells me with the same excited voice. We talk the whole way to school, and the nerves I had about my first day are almost completely gone by the time we pull up to the building. They come rushing back when we hop off the bus and make our way inside, following the halls until we reach the same classroom. You're in this class too? I ask hopefully. Yup, this is where they told me I'd be during the meet the parents blah blah blah, he says, miming it with his hand. I laugh until the teacher yells for us to come in. Then I inhale deeply, holding my breath. Pierce grabs my hand tightly before looking at me. Don't worry, Millie. I won't let anything happen to you, he says, giving me a smile and an encouraging nod. With his hand in mine, I feel like the luckiest girl in the world. I smile back, pull up my shoulders, and walk into the classroom like I own it. Twelve years old. It's your turn to bowl, Millie. You can do it. Pierce yells from behind me, cheering me on. I'm a horrible bowler, and we all know it. But Pierce cheers me on anyway. 
even when the girls from school laugh and make jokes. He didn't want to invite them to his birthday party, but his mom made him. She didn't want him to exclude anyone from our class, but he only sees me no matter how many times they try to talk to him. I bowl and gutter it the first time, then I only knock down three pins on the second try. You were amazing. You'll knock them all down next time, Pierce says, giving me a tight hug before heading up for his turn. He only feels sorry for her. That's why he hangs out with her. It's pathetic, really. She follows him around like a lost puppy. I hear Mindy and her mean girls laughing as I walk by. I know I shouldn't let them get to me, but they do. They have a way of always saying just the right thing at the right time to make me feel inadequate. I head to the arcade, wanting to find a dark corner so no one can see me crying. I make it over between the broken pinball machine and the wall and let the tears flow. Millie? Millie? Where are you? I hear Pierce calling for me, but I don't want him to see me like this. I'll be just as pathetic as those girls said. I don't answer and put my head down on my knees. Millie? I hear Pierce close now, and then I feel a hand on my arm. Millie, don't cry, please. What happened? He asks, but he already knows. He hears them sometimes, too, and it makes him so mad. When I don't answer, he speaks up. Millie, I promise it's going to be okay. I won't let them hurt you again, Pierce says, kneeling in front of me and lifting my chin up with his fingers. He leans in and kisses my cheek. Come on, he urges, pulling me to the gift counter where you turn in your tickets to get a prize. I've been saving my tickets all year, and I know exactly what I want, he says, smiling. He turns back to the counter and points to the prize he wants. When the guy hands him the prize and takes his tickets, he turns back to me. Let me see your hand, Millie. When I lift my hand, I see a pretty silver ring with an aqua-looking stone. It looks just like your eyes, he says. You didn't have to get me this. You used all your tickets, and I know you've been saving up to get that baseball fan card. I say with happy tears in my eyes this time. This is so much better, he tells me. I turn back to the counter and get the man's attention. Can I get the baseball fan card up there? Oh, and can I get a ring too? But I want the green one, I say, handing over my tickets. I've been saving to get the card for him and something for me too. But like Pierce said, this is way better. Millie, don't waste all those, Pierce says, trying to stop me. I beat your butt in skee-ball fair and square. I can buy whatever I want, I tell him, taking his hand and sliding the silver ring with the green gem on his finger. There, it matches your eyes too, I whisper. Let's get out of here. I know you've wanted to test out your skateboard with the light-up blue wheels. Let's go out to the back parking lot, P 
Pierce laughs, pulling my hand and rushing back to the party, only long enough to grab my board. Pierce, this is your birthday party. You can't ditch. I laugh. Watch me, he says as we rush out the back. I follow behind him, knowing he's my best friend, and I would follow him anywhere. Sixteen years old. No, you can't leave me. Please, you have to beg your mom to stay. I beg Pierce as we sit on the roof of my house right outside my bedroom window. Millie, baby, I tried. I tried everything. Leaving you is killing me, Pierce says, and I see the tears in his eyes too. He cups my cheeks and wipes the tears away with his thumbs. I've been in love with you since the moment you bargained with your mom to get on that bus. When you sat down next to me, I knew I would do everything I could to protect you, always. Now I'm the one causing you pain. I can't protect you from this and it's killing me. He whispers, you've been in love with me? I ask, surprised. We've been best friends since we were five years old, but I had no clue he was in love with me. Of course I've been in love with you. I've been working up the nerve to ask you to be mine for years now. I run off any guy who comes within six feet of you. How could you not know I love you? He asks, chuckling. How could you not know I've been in love with you since the very beginning, too? You've always been my prince, riding in and saving the day. I've wanted to ask you out so many times, but I was scared. I tell him. I hate that I'm being forced to move clear across the country right after finding out the girl of my dreams loves me too. He tells me, and I can see the heartbreak in his eyes. We'll write every day. You can call the house phone anytime. We'll talk all the time, so it's like you're here with me. I beg, needing to have him in my life. When we graduate, We'll go to the same college together, okay? I'll follow you wherever you go, Pierce says. Promise? I ask, leaning into his touch. Promise. He vows before leaning down and kissing me softly on the lips, then pulling back. When are you leaving? I ask, dreading the answer. First thing in the morning. The divorce will be final in a week, and Mom wants a completely fresh start. Dad wants nothing to do with either of us, and I can see it killing my mom. Pierce explains, unable to mask the sadness in his voice. I know it's killing him, too, more than he wants to let on. He and his dad were always close until he left Pierce and his mom for a new family. You won't forget me, will you? I ask, crying again. Never, he says, holding me. We stay like that until the sun rises. Here, give me your hand, he says, knowing our time together is up for now. I hold out my hand just like I did that day at the bowling alley when he won me a ring. 
a ring I have never taken off. He pulls that ring off, and just when I go to protest, he takes off his green ring and slides it on my finger. There. Now when I look at the blue, I'll remember your eyes, and when you see the green, you'll remember mine, he says, smiling as he slides my ring on his own finger. I break down again, and he holds me until his mom yells and comes looking for him. He was always my person, and he will always be the right person for me. Unfortunately, the right person wrong time often holds true, and it did for us. Chapter One Pierce you ready to start in your first major league game? My coach asks, slapping me on the shoulder as I pull my jersey over my head. Yes, sir, I couldn't be more excited. I say truthfully, trying to will away the nerves flowing through my body. I've seen you practicing, you'll do great, kid. Coach says, giving me a rare smile before heading back toward his office. It never gets easier, man. The nerves you're feeling now never go away. You just learn to turn them into adrenaline to help push you to be your best. When those nerves go away completely, that's when you know it's time to hang up the mitt. Lane, one of my all-time MLB heroes, tells me from his locker beside me. Thanks, I usually play the best games of my life under pressure and full of nerves. I say, giving him a smile. Can I give you one more piece of advice? He asks, raising a brow at me. Anything. I say, wanting to know it all. Stay away from the cleat chasers. They will do nothing but make your life hell. He tells me with a disgusted look. You have nothing to worry about there. I gave my heart away a long time ago, and there's no getting it back. I chuckle sadly, just like every other time I think of the love of my life. It's not your heart I'm worried about. It's your dick. Those bitches are vindictive. I'm not exaggerating, he says in a serious tone. I've lost too many friends and amazing fucking ballplayers over that shit. You have absolutely nothing to worry about. I can promise you that, I tell him, dead fucking serious. I would never disrespect Millie by giving my body to someone else, especially a cleat chaser. I had to deal with those girls through high school and some college until I landed in the MLB. But just like the game, I'm predicting those women will up their efforts now. Lane gives me a nod before grabbing his cap and leaving the locker room. I take the only picture I have of Millie and me out of my locker and look at it before tucking it in my back pocket. It's old, faded, and ripped, but it's my good luck charm, so I carry it with me every game. Well, that and my necklace. And starting in his first ever MLB game on the Braves, here he comes, our third baseman, Pierce Lockwood, the announcer says over the speakers. I pull my cap off and raise it high once before placing it back on my head. I pat my back pocket and my necklace hanging around my neck, kissing it one last time before playing the best game of my life. After the game, the guys invite me out to the bar for some celebratory drinks for our win. As much as I would like to turn them down, I would just end up going home to an empty apartment anyway. So 
Instead, I suck it up and say yes. Now I'm stuck in a bar, with women hanging all over me, and am 100% uncomfortable. Uh, I think I might head out, I say to my team, setting my beer down and prying the woman, who literally has her claws in my arm, off me. Ah, oh, baby, stay a bit longer, or I can leave with you. She purrs, giving me a wink that I'm assuming is supposed to be sexy, but just makes her look like she has a twitch. That's all right. I'm a one-woman kind of guy, I tell her. Even if that one woman got away from me six years ago. She doesn't need to know that. She pouts as I leave and make my way out to the parking lot. My thoughts turn back to Millie, like they always do. I wish with everything I have that she was beside me, sharing these experiences with me now. But we aren't the same naive kids we were when we were 16. When I moved with my mom to the other side of the country, we stayed in touch for the first few months. We wrote to each other every single day and called every night. One day, though, the letters just stopped coming. No warning, nothing just silence. Then when I tried to call her phone, the number was disconnected. I kept writing, hoping for a response, but I finally gave in when the letters started getting returned to me. I still write to her sometimes and want to put those letters in the mail, but know it's a lost cause. I lost her a long time ago. So now the letters go into a shoebox in my closet. The drive back to my apartment is filled with thoughts and regrets about Millie. I need to get over this obsession, but I can't seem to. Maybe it's time to visit that tiny Alabama town again. She may still be there. She probably has a husband and a kid on the way by now. She always said she didn't want to go to college. She wanted to skateboard professionally for a few years, then settle down. She wanted to be the best wife and mother, which was her dream. Her mom hated it when she talked about it, but Millie didn't care and told her she would teach her kids how to bake cookies, ride a skateboard, sing, and dance. Just as I'm pulling into my parking spot, I decide to go back to Alabama to see if she's still there. Baseball season only lasts for five more months. After that, I'm free until training camp starts. So, I have a few weeks to take some time off. Baseball had always been everything to me, until I met Millie. After losing her, it was my distraction. It's what has kept me going, kept me from running back to that town and taking what was mine. Now that I have the means to care for her, to give her the life she deserves, I'm going to claim her. That is, if someone hasn't already beaten me to her. Chapter Two Millie Millie, order up. Come on, girl, get your head out of the clouds. Marshall says, placing my order on the partition between the kitchen and the diner. I shake off thoughts of another life and start loading plates on my arm to take to my waiting table. Sorry about your wait. If you need anything else, please let me know. I tell my last table of the night as I drop off their food. I'm thankful I have this job in the diner right in the middle of my hometown but the pain in my left leg just reminds me of the life I used to live. Reminds me of my dream of being a professional skateboarder. 
I held my own with the boys out there, and just when I was making a name for myself and earning the respect of those same boys, it was all over. Just as fast as it came, it was gone. My mother still likes to gloat and throw the I told you so card around. Yeah, she had told me, Millie, go to college. Millie, get a career, a real job, some sort of stability. I didn't listen. I was living the dream, doing what I loved every day, traveling and getting paid for it all. Until my injury. The sponsors dropped me before I was even out of the hospital, moving on to the next big star. I was left by myself in a pool of denial and self-pity. Don't get me wrong. I fought to get back on a skateboard, tried everything I could to get back to the level I had been on. Still, no matter how hard I worked, how many hours I spent practicing and falling over and over again, I just wasn't the same. I didn't have the instincts or the fearless attitude I once had. I was old news, and I had to accept that. I still like to ride, and my skateboard is still my number one mode of transportation, but I don't compete anymore. I twist the ring on my left hand. It's an old habit I've tried to break a million times. When I'm in pain, staring off into space, or just too into my feelings, I twist that old ring. I wonder if Pierce still has his. Does he even remember me? I tried contacting him multiple times over the years, but it's always been radio silence. We moved houses, and the phone number changed, but I still called Pierce to let him know. I can still hear that last conversation like it was yesterday, the last time I reached out to him. Hey, Mrs. Lockwood, is Pierce there? I ask when she answers the phone. Oh, honey, no, he's out with Becca. His mom says sadly. Her words hit me like a knife to the heart. Becca? Who's Becca? I ask her, feeling like I can't breathe. His girlfriend, honey. He didn't tell you? She asks like she didn't just crush my world. Uh, no, he didn't. I say, not really knowing what to say. I'm still in shock. It hasn't been long since he moved away, and he seemed to move on fast for someone who said he loved me. All right, honey. Well, I'll let him know you called. Mrs. Lockwood says, pulling me out of my daze. Oh, no, that's okay. I don't want to bother him. Thanks, Mrs. Lockwood. I say before quickly hanging up and running to my room. I've hated this place since Pierce left. Well, actually, I hated it before he left me. He just made it bearable. Now I just want to leave, get the hell away from this town, its people, and the memories I have of him here. I shake my head to clear the thoughts racing around as I make my way over to the now empty table. As soon as I get this table cleared off, I can head back to the break room, get my stuff, and leave. I need to prop my leg up and ice it for a bit. I can feel the now familiar ache forming, and I know from experience that it will be even worse tomorrow if I don't take it easy. I can't afford to call into work, so no boarding for a few days, as much as I hate it. 
The injury to my leg may have happened over a year ago, but the dream it took away will last forever. I know that. All right, Dan, I'm heading home. See y'all tomorrow. I wave as I walk out the back door. I decide to walk home for a while, attempting to resist getting on my board as long as possible to save my leg. It's a nice day, and I wouldn't mind the peace and sunshine. After leaving the diner, I turn left and walk past the playground before making it further down and seeing the skate park to my left. There are so many memories that overwhelm me about this town when I think of my childhood. All of them involve Pierce in one way or another. But the skateboard park has to be one of the most painful. We were always here, not because Pierce wanted to be, but because I did. Pierce was all about baseball and couldn't hold his balance on the skateboard for all the money in the world. But he still came down here all out every day with me so I could ride. He kissed every scrape I ever got and carried me the three miles home when I broke my arm one summer. I can still see his face while he fussed over me as tears rolled down my face. He was frantic and at the time didn't know it was actually broken or else I know he would have carried me even further to the small hospital in town. I take one more sad look at the skate park before I turn to head back home. I've barely taken a step when my foot catches on the sidewalk and I fall face first into a rock-hard chest. Ah, my nose, shit, that hurt. I mumble, pulling myself out of the arms I didn't realize had wrapped around my waist. I bring my hands up to my nose to check for blood. God, the last thing I need is a broken nose. Is it broken? I don't see blood, but that hurt like a bitch. I lean my head back so the owner of the chest can see and tell me if it's broken. But my eyes are crossed, trying to look down and see for myself. Then I hear a chuckle before a voice I never thought I would hear again replies. Well, it's nice to see some things haven't changed. Ever the dramatic one, weren't you, Millie May? Pierce teases, still chuckling but grabbing a hold of my chin, moving it left and right, checking for blood. I pull my head out of his hands, staring at him in disbelief. Pierce? I ask, just to make sure I'm not hallucinating. I mean... I feel like I would know him anywhere, but he's not the same boy that left me in this town with a broken heart all those years ago. This is a man, a sexy-as-hell man with the same green eyes I've missed so much. It's me, Millie May. He whispers, looking down at me, sadness coloring his tone. As much as my eyes want to roam all over him, the first place they go is to his ring finger. I'm both disappointed and relieved to see it empty. While it's not holding a wedding ring, it's also missing the ring I gave him when we were kids. I shouldn't feel hurt and upset, but I can't help it. I not only kept the freaking thing, I still wear it every single day. That just shows me I need to grow up. That I'm still that stupid little girl pining after the guy who moved on and broke her heart. Well, it was good to see you again, Pierce. I'd need to head home, I say, trying to step around him, but he moves in front of me. Wait, he says, but 
I put my board down and try again to hide my hand from his view. If I try to pull it off real quick, he'll see me. So my best course of action is to just hide that hand altogether. It was good seeing you around, I say quickly, trying to make my escape. I can't let him see the tears in my eyes. Millie, baby, wait, he says. But I whip my head around. Don't. Don't call me that. Don't act like you didn't leave town and forget all about me, like we can just go back to normal. I tell him, too hurt to hold it in anymore. What are you talking about, Millie? I never forgot about you. Never not once. There was never a day I didn't think of you while I was gone. Not one damn day. He says, looking at me with confusion and hurt. Yeah, I'm sure you were so heartbroken. Is that what you told yourself while moving on with other girls? You were just trying to get me out of your head? I don't want to hear it. I've moved on, Pierce. I'm not that same dumb girl pining after you. I tell him, finally getting around him and heading down the road toward my small apartment. Just when I think I'm in the clear, he grabs my hand, pulling me back to face him. I never moved on, Millie. Never would. And it seems like you didn't either. He says, pointedly looking down at my ring finger. Right where the green and silver ring sits. Well, shit. No way to get out of this one. Welcome back. This is the... You have just listened to the first installment of Ring Your Neck by Jace Ewell. Mel cut off a little bit early, so I'm just going to send us on out. Remember to check the show notes for all the stuff that we've talked about this week. And also make sure you check out the ebook for Ring Your Neck with a bonus epilogue. And we'll see you on Thursday. Fuck your day up. Make sure your bitch. Don't be a dick. Bye, guys. Read me romance. Read, read me romance. Read me romance. Read, read me romance. You could take a look in a book, that's fine Or you could sit back, relax, and unwind And read me romance Read, read me romance